Our emphasis of the 23rd Psalm is in the latter part of verse number 6, where David said, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I thought about the uh, parable that Jesus gave there in John or in Luke chapter number 15 when he was talking about the shepherd who went after the sheep. He said, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And I like the next phrase, and when he cometh home. There's one thing for sure, the shepherd is always headed in one direction. He's going to the house. And thank God he's taking his sheep with him. I'm glad I'm on that journey, aren't you? Now let's uh, begin by reading the uh, psalm. The Bible said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I heard of a custom they had in Bible times that when you visited someone, they always began the meal with a full cup. And when you consumed some of the matter, they would come and fill it up to the brim again. And as long as they wanted you to remain, they would always fill the cup full. When the evening got late, they were a little tired and wanted to go to bed. They came to fill your cup, they'd only fill it half full. as a polite way of saying, go home. <laughs> you might try that in this day. But I'm glad David said, the Lord never wants me to leave. But he said, my cup runneth over constantly, continually. He is always at our door, always wanting into our hearts to fellowship with us. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For whatever this psalm may mean to you, whatever you may see in this psalm, again, I believe that the very purpose and aim and direction of the shepherd, the goal is one. He has gathered him a flock, and he is taking them home. Tonight I want to preach for a few moments on what I call the motions of the 23rd Psalm. Certainly as we look at those paintings and pictures of shepherd and sheep, mosaics, sometimes they, it is so serene and so quiet that it is almost boring. And uh, we are deceived into thinking that nothing possibly is happening. But I want you to know that when David couples up with the Lord as his shepherd in verse number 1, there begins an activity. There begins 
a movement. There begins a motion toward the house of the Lord. Something is taking place all along the journey. Jesus said in John 10, My sheep follow me. There has began something uh, on the inside of those sheep that produces an outer motion also, an activity. Someone has said in a little song, to get where you're going, you're going to have to leave where you're at. And so it is. Sheep don't just wake up in the house of the Lord, but there is a journey from verse 1 down through verse number 6, and there is a lot happening in the process of that journey to the house of the Lord. I want us to notice these motions that are in this text as we read down through it. The movements, the activity, the, the verbs that are there that show us that something is taking place all the time. Notice with me, first of all, in verse number 2, I want to look at what I call slow motion in the journey home. Verse 2, he said, He maketh me to lie down. That's a definite slow motion. In green pastures, and he leadeth me beside still waters. That is evident that there's not a lot of motion going on in verse number 2. But, David does not say that he is dead as a sheep. He's very much alive. He's just lying down in the green pastures. There's still a heart pumping. There is still blood flowing. There is still a metabolism that is active. There is still the take-in of oxygen and so on. Uh, he, he is much alive, but he's, he's in slow motion. And then he says in the latter part, he leads me beside still waters. But he does not say that it is stagnated waters. It is simple still waters, which means that though you may not see it, water is easing in and slowly moving out slow motion. I find much more emphasis in the scripture on this, this subject of stillness and of waiting upon the Lord than I do the emphasis of you and I trying to do something for the Lord, yeah. to get ahead of the Lord. He said, be still and know that I am God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Coming out of a slow process. But of course, we don't like this slow motion. Certainly if we are at a point in time in our lives in which things are transpiring that we don't like, we don't want to stay there too long we want to move on in a hurry. If there's something wrong as far as our physical condition, we've been to the doctor, they've done all the tests, and they say, go back home, we'll call you two or three days. When we get the rep report, 
boy, I'm going to tell you how antsy we become and anxious. And we're constantly saying, did the doctor call? Have you heard anything? Uh, because we want the report to be hurried up so we can get beyond this feeling of something being wrong with us. We, we, wanna, we want things to, to get active and uh, to move beyond the, the low and the slow state. Especially if there's something happening on the job or something happening in your family and maybe some of the children's got a wild hair in them and you're, and you and, and you and you and you're just burdened over the uh, the condition of it, and and you want you want things to change in that child's life. You you want God to hurry up, but the only problem is uh, the Lord doesn't hurry in His process. The shepherd is not going to get in a tizzy with me and you about the conditions. But most of the journey toward the house of the Lord, you will find and will have to agree, is a slow motion. Just again, a step at a time. But, but, now don't underestimate that slow motion. Because it's in those slow times as that sheep is lying there that he chews the food and... And, the, and during that time, there is the replenishment of his strength. And the shepherd is, is giving him time to rebuild for whatever he's going to have to face in the days ahead. And during those times of stillness, as he's drinking from that water, he, he's having a time of refreshment and even reflection as he looks in it and can see himself and possibly see the the shepherd over his shoulders. In the slow times, can I say to you, God is still doing something. Yes, but He's got us in slow motion. Again, we don't like that. Whatever phase of life, I do not like. I wish all lights were green when it came to me. I don't like sitting and waiting what seems to be ours. Hurry up! <laughs> but God does not get on the edge. He does not rush matters. He sees the end from the beginning. He does all in eternal work. And so, He has slow motion in His plan. Slow motion. But in all actuality, sheep can't stand much more in slow motion. They just think they can. <laughs> slow motion. Well, there's some other motions in here. I'm talking about the motion, the activity on the journey home. There is slow motion in our text. They're moving, but they're going slow. Sometimes they may not think they're ever going to get there, but they'll, they'll get there. It's just... A, a slow motion. But if you'll notice down in verse number 4, I'm glad to report to you, not only is there slow motion along the journey home in the 23rd Psalm, but there is also some substantial motion. Notice what David said. Yea, though I walk. He said, I'm not lying down now, and I'm not beside the still waters. But I am I am walking. That's as fast as it's ever going to get. 
Sheep do not leap. Uh, they, they simply walk. Sheep do not run. They simply walk. Yea, though I... But I like the next word. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I like the emphasis there of the motion that is beyond something. He said, I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. There seems to be a, a substantial motion here. He, he's gotten over something. He's gotten beyond something. He's gotten through something. I like those times in my life when I can readily see that God has brought me a mighty long way and I love to testify of, of how God has, has made some progress and there has been some growth and, and I have seen some substantial movement in my life. And as I look back over the 34 years, I may not have grown and come as far as some folks think that I ought to, nor you either one, but I've come a mighty long way, haven't you? I've come through some things. I like those phrases in the life of Elijah that says, and it came to pass. I like to be able to testify about what, what God has done in my life and what He has brought me through and how He has added to my faith and I have grown in, in that grace. There has been a, a, subset, a pastor. I know when someone comes in and gets born of the Spirit of God, gets saved, he, he loves to see that, that growth that is evident in their lives, substantial growth. And even in our personal lives, we like to know that we've been through. Testify how we're on the other side. David lets us know in the journey home, there's some motion, but I don't expect too much. Most of it's going to be slow motion, but every now and then God will let you take a step. And that's pretty substantial. In the movement home, just a step. Substantial motion. And then look, if you will, in verse number 5. Not only is there slow motion, not only... Is there substantial motion? But David is on, interested and, uh, and honest with us in letting us know that there is also what I would call sinister motion. It's not only the shepherd that is moving in this text. It is not only the sheep that are moving in this text. But he said that while I'm journeying home, I realize and recognize that there are some enemies along the way. Those that would prey upon the sheep, hoping the shepherd would become vulnerable and they could pounce upon these little weak, insignificant animals and devour them. Sinister motion along the way. <laughs> Jesus let Simon know that when he said, Simon, Satan hath desired thee to sift thee as wheat. Peter himself said that he goes, the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Every step of the journey, I say to you, the devil is right there in some fashion or form. You can see his footprints or his evidence everywhere you go. Can't you? As we head to the house of the Lord, we realize that he is there. But you know, as I thought about this in this text, I remember back when I was a young fella in the hills of West Virginia, I'd get together what we call pop bottles. And you get enough of them together, you could get three cents a piece out of them. I'd take them up to the old country store and get me a RC Cola 
and moon pie. You guessed it. Heavenly, almost heaven. But several times when I went up there to the store, there'd be an old boy up there who was about five years older than I was. And he's about the same age as the brother that was next to me in age in my family. Uh, my brother Reed was five years older than I. And had you, did you ever look at somebody and you could tell they didn't like you? You couldn't figure out why. This guy always had the, the look about him that he wanted to beat me. He'd like to beat me severely about the head and shoulders. And the truth of the matter was, he was older than I was. He was bigger than me. And I figured he could. He knew he could. But he always gave himself away. One of the first things that he would ask me, he'd say, Dana, where's your brother? <laughs> well, I wasn't too, I tell you, I, I, I wasn't too bright, but I could figure that one out. And I did a whole lot of lying, but I saved myself several whoopings. I'd always say he's headed up the road. <laughs> because as a little old 10-year-old boy, I figured him out. He could whip me, I knew he could whip me, he knew he could whip me, but... He was scared of my big brother. And I'm here to tell you, yes, there is the enemy that is along the way. The devil and his cohorts to try to disturb the flock. But the truth of the matter is he's always afraid of the shepherd. And the closer you stay to the shepherd, the less trouble you're going to have out of him. Because he ain't going to mess with your big brother. He's afraid of him. <laughs> I like that, don't you? Yes, oh, there's some motion in this text. There's some activity. There's some things that is happening. There is slow motion. There's substantial motion. There's sinister motion in this text. There is also what I would call secret motion in this text. I'm talking about motions that are unseen. Most of the things that we read in the 23rd Psalm are seen and the sheep partake of them firsthand. They partake of the green grass. They see it there. They smell it. They partake of the still waters. They, they drink of it in refreshment. Uh, they walk through the valley. They know that it is there. Uh, these things are firsthand. But when you go behind the scene, that water that they are drinking of, that still water, where did that water come from? Long before the sheep began their walk toward that water, God had allowed the sun to shine down upon the Mediterranean, abating the ocean, forming clouds of fresh water put a little breeze behind it, blew it across the valley, and it began to drop, drops of water, where the sheep could enjoy it when they got there. All they know is the water's there, but they don't know all the unseen work that brought the water there. They know that the grass is there, but they don't know all the unseen work that goes all the way back to when God created it in seed form and brought it. Most of the Christian life, can I say to you, most of the Christian life, probably 99% of all of the Christian life, has contained in it an unseen 
motion. You know the day you got saved. You may know who was preaching when you got saved. You may know what church you were in when you got saved. But you have no idea what all God orchestrated to bring you to the place of salvation. It is beyond our comprehension. All we can do is, is by faith and through grace we can thank God that we know that He did a mighty work to get us saved even though we don't understand the fullness of that work. It is a secret motion. I like to think of it when using the word purpose. You know, Paul uses that word many times, Romans 8, 28 and so on, and Ephesians. Uh, the word purpose. There's four times in the New Testament where the word purpose is translated showbread. It's the same word as the the showbread in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Same identical word. And that word showbread means ordered before the face of God Almighty. And when you go back there in the Old Testament, you realize that when God laid out the orders for this bread in the tabernacle, He left nothing to the imagination of man. He told them all the ingredients that were supposed to be in it. He told them where to put it. He told them how often to put it there. He told them how many slices to, to cut it up in there. And He told them who could eat it and who could not eat it. It was ordered before the face of God Almighty. This, this showbread. And when you come and you looked and you saw the showbread, of course you could see the bread that was there, but you could not see all that was contained that God ordered to bring that bread together. And I thought about that when the lady of the house fixes a bowl of mashed potatoes. I'm talking about this unseen work. And you ask her, you say to her, how long did it take you to fix those mashed potatoes? And she said, well, I don't know, about 30 minutes. And then you begin to inquire because you can see the potatoes there. And you say to her, but uh, where'd these potatoes come from? She said, well, I had them in the in the basement or in the cupboard. And you say, no, I mean, but, but where'd they come from? Well, I bought them at the supermarket. No, but I mean, where did, where'd they get them? Well, I think they hauled them in on the truck. Well, where'd the man that hauled them in on the truck get them? Well, I, I don't know. I had a hole somewhere. I think he went out there and got them. But where did he get them? I, they got them off a farmer that uh, raised them, I reckon. But where did he get it? Well, he bought his seed from the uh, farmer's market, I guess. And he, he, But where did that seed come from? You see, there's an infinite direction to that. You hadn't even thought about it. All you knew is you had a bowl of mashed... And I'm just dealing with the potatoes. You want to go to the salt that's in there? Where did the salt come from? I had it. In the, no, where, well, it was a bigger box. No, where I went to the store. Where did they go? And salt mines in Utah. I don't know. You see, really, when you think about a 30-minute bowl of mashed potatoes that your wife or mother may have put together, really, there's probably 300,000 hours in one bowl of mashed potatoes if you went every step of the way that brought that potato to where you're at. And you say, well, I don't care about all that. I just want to eat the potato. Well, I do too. But what I'm simply saying is, I know I'm saved tonight. I know I have a beautiful wife. I know I have four wonderful children. I know I live in Boone, North Carolina. That's about all I know about it, but I have no idea of knowing and tracing 
all of the channels that brought me to where I am at this point and at this time. It is just God's goodness. and It's, it's God doing an unseen work on my behalf. I'm talking about a secret motion. I'm talking about movement, activity toward the house of the Lord, a slow motion, a substantial motion, a sinister motion, a secret motion. But there is also in my text what I call a solar motion. Now the sheep and the shepherd, they are journeying on in the 23rd Psalm there, we, we see verse 1 down through verse 6 that it is evident that, that the shepherd is using the earth as the means of leading his sheep. And of course, the earth is just a part of all of the solar system that God created. And I was thinking about the motions that are taking place. Really, there's a beehive of motion in here. Shepherd and sheep and water and so on. Enemies that is moving. Slow motion, substantial motion, sinister motion, whatever. But I got a hold of a Encyclopedia Britannica. And I got to reading about this earth that these sheep are walking on. And they tell me, and that you can get one to read it, that the earth rotates on its Axis. It spins on its axis. The earth is approximately close to 26,000 miles around. And it spins on its axis covering that distance every single day. That's what makes a day. It, it makes a complete spin. And they said for the earth to cover that 26,000 miles spinning in 24 hours making one day that the earth is moving at approximately 1,100 miles an hour. Now you think about that. 1,100 miles an hour the earth is spinning on its axis. Somebody said, Preacher, I just feel like the Lord's got me in slow motion. It's a little faster than what you think. You just don't realize how fast it is moving. And then I went on and read a little further. And it talked about the earth that revolves around the sun. And it said that the, the, the sun is 565 million miles around in circumference. And the earth travels that distance every approximately 365 days. That makes a year. One completion. Going 565 million miles in 365 days. And they said for the earth to go around the sun in that amount of time, 365 days covering 565 million miles an hour, that the earth is moving at 66,000 miles an hour. And I don't even feel the breeze. Now you imagine that. Somebody said, Preacher, I just don't know if the Lord's doing anything. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. <laughs> Child of God, you, he's got this thing set up. Without you moving a muscle, he's getting you home. Now you think about that. If you were to go home tonight, get sick, and get in bed, and you could not get out of bed till this time tomorrow night, now that'd be slow motion, wouldn't it? 
laying in bed till this time tomorrow night. Would you believe that at 1,100 miles an hour, God will have spinned off another day and you'll be one day closer home when you hadn't even took a step? Huh? If you couldn't do a thing for a whole year, God will move you at 66,000 miles an hour so that at this time next year, you'll be a year closer to the house of the Lord. No wonder he said a day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Say, preacher, I feel like traveling on. Honey, you are traveling on. You just didn't know how fast you was moving. And the Lord's got it all set up. When you didn't think anything was happening, buddy, he's got this thing moving on. I like that, don't you? But as we look at this text, we're thinking about the motion and the movement as we head toward the house of the Lord. I look down in chapter 24 in verse number 1, and I wonder where does all this motion come from? Where does, where does all this activity originate? The Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Would you agree with me if I told you that all energy began with God? He created this old world and set it in motion. The Spirit of God moved upon the waters. He gave life to it and activity. He took clay and formed Adam and then he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and Adam began to move and to live and have his being. All energy, all activity flows from God. He began it all. He set it all in motion. But, I look up in verse 1 of chapter 23, and David has the audacity to tell me that the same one of chapter 1 and verse 24, uh, of chapter 24 and verse 1 is the same one of chapter 23 and verse 1. David had the audacity to tell us that the one who was his shepherd is the same Lord who owns the earth and the fullness thereof. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> David said the one who created this, set it in motion, began its activity, is the same one that's leading the sheep through here. In other words, all of this motion was started by the shepherd. The reason why that brook is flowing, why do you think that water is there in the 23rd Psalm? One reason. He said, I'm going to bring some sheep through here and I'm going to get some water going. Why do you think this grass is growing in the 23rd Psalm? Is it because he's a botanist and he likes green things? No, he's got a shepherd. He's got a sheep coming through there. He's the shepherd. Why, why is everything, the valley and everything created there, it has one purpose in mind. <laughs> it blew my mind to realize that God Almighty made everything there is. It's minutest detail. 
just to get me. Why do you think that sun's out there? <laughs> Why is that moon out there? Why did God... What was His plan and His purpose? The shepherd has only one thing in mind. And He's the one that created it all. He's the one that activated it all. He had one thing in mind. He laid it all out. He said, Son, I want you to shine. Earth, I want you to spin. Moon, I want you to be there at night. Grass, I want you to grow. Water, I want you to flow. Valley, I want you to be there. And then he said, Sheep, come on. We're going to the house of the Lord. I can't comprehend all that. I can't explain how God did everything just for me. Now you understand that, don't you? God didn't make a world to have an America. Now don't misunderstand me. Thank God that it was in, and I was born in it. But that ain't why God made a world. He made a world so He could put a cross on a hill called Calvary outside the gate, Jerusalem, so sinners could come to it and believe in a journey home to the house of the Lord. Everything we know was made according to the purposes of God so that you and I could believe and certainly have a home. It's all set in motion and action according to His purpose. Everything's in this text. The shepherd made it, started it in movement. Somebody said, but now wait a minute. You mean to tell me He made them wolves up there too? Well, I'm going to ask you, who made the wolves? Huh? Say, well, why did he make it? See, don't tell the devil. He doesn't really get this picture. That his only purpose is to get after the sheep. Because when he gets after the sheep, it drives them to the shepherd. See? Every time the devil gets on, he'd be better. He'd have been better off if he'd left Job alone. He just drove him to God. <laughs> That's all he does. <laughs> All of the motion that is taking place in this 23rd Psalm, all of the movement that is here, the shepherd has created it. He has started it so we can get his sheep home. Now let me give you an illustration of that quote. If my mother told the truth on my birth certificate, she was 30 years old when I was born and I was number 11 and there were no twins. My dad owned a beer joint, pool hall, things like that, drank all his life. She drank. I'm going on the reports because I didn't get to meet her. And my dad drank like that all of his life. And uh, according to what uh, those that I've spoken to about, they never did get along from the day that they got married. She was young, very young. My brother, who's 13 years older than I, told me that he himself grabbed my mother's arm with a knife as she was, she was fixing to carve up my dad. On another occasion, when he tried to kill her, I mean, it was a serious ordeal. I was in a meeting up in Ohio with a preacher, and he told me, he said, Brother Daniel, you'll never believe it. He said, a lady came through here, came to visit church, and I asked her where she's from. She said, she's uh, from West Virginia. He said, I asked her if she knew you, and she said, he said, her eyes lit up, and, and she said, yeah. I know him. said, I know that, that whole family. said, we're scared to death to even drive up by that, by that house. That was the environment that, that we was raised in. 
Can't you imagine the talk in the community, how community talk is, and they say, did you hear that uh, the Williamses had a baby? They got a baby, and somebody probably said, man, that's terrible, because the way they drink and run around, that, that ain't no good for that young. Then the news came that they had another one, and things went no better. Then they had the third child. Then they had the seven. Well, they went ahead and had four, and then five, and six, and seven. I can hear them saying, "Oh God, what a, what's what's going to become of that?" Then they had eight, and nine, <laughs> and then the news said they come and said, "You know, that Williams woman, she went ahead. She this ten millions." And the question's asked, "Why in the world didn't they stop at seven? Why didn't they stop at nine? For God's sake, why didn't they quit at ten? <laughs> Can I tell you why? <laughs> you looking at it. Now, I don't understand how all that works. And somebody said, I'll tell you what, God ain't in a million miles of that. You might be surprised. <laughs> As to what the shepherd's doing. And I know how he did it, but somehow he said, little lady, I know you've had ten and it's been hell on earth, but you can't quit now. Number eleven's mine. <laughs> I'm going to save him, call him the priest, send him across the country. <laughs> Made all that just to get me. Now don't look at me like I'm an accident. I was planned by God Almighty according to His purposes. And about the same time, back up in the mountains of North Carolina, the lady found out she was expecting with child. She said she was ashamed even to leave the house. She was 46 years old. Expecting a child. <laughs> Told her husband, said, All right, I'm tell you, I we just what, didn't want no more. We didn't plan for no more. We're ready. They already had grand youngins. Yes. Well, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, they went ahead and had number seven. Number seven sitting right there. <laughs> Somebody said, Why? I'm going to tell you why. God needed a number seven for a number 11. <laughs> That's what all that's about. It's all intertwined into all... all the, I know a lot of this motion seems like confusion. Seems like one great big old mess, but I'm going to tell you, God's got it all fine-tuned to get His children home. He's already set it all in motion. And the thing, thing that thrills me, if I'd have been the only sheep, I believe He'd have made everything made to get me home. Well, I'll close with this. <laughs> We've got a granddaughter, four years old. I don't know why grand youngins are always smarter and prettier than your youngins, but they are. You might as well own up to it. And uh, little Taylor. When we can, uh, we can go by. We went by last week. We was at home to meet, and we... Kept her for three or four days. When we're in, I will even take her with us in meetings at times. Or as sweet as she can be. But when we're not with her, her mama Esther is what she calls her. Oftentimes she'll go to Wally World and she'll find a toy and then she'll wrap it up and send it, mail it to her. And then when we think she's got it, we'll call because we want to be in on the excitement and see how she likes it. And I've imagined how she thinks. She's a little four-year-old. You know, the world is so big to her. Walmart must be this, a world of its own to her. 
But in her mind, she sees her mama going into this huge store called Walmart, engaging all those employees to pick her out one of those, one of the millions of toys that is in there, paying for it, and then going to the United States Post Office and paying them to maybe even sometimes air mail it in a big old airplane. <laughs> and finally it ends up at her doorstep. And in her mind she must think that Mama Esther has engaged the whole world just for her. And can I say to you tonight, in my mind, God Almighty has engaged the whole world just for me and you. He's got a house. And he's taking us there. In motion.